Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. I have my friend Jared. J.Y. Jared. J.Y. Jared here today. Check out the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. Check out our friends at the Game Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Also, if you get a chance, you're listening to this so you know our voices, listen to us anywhere you can find us. That can be iHeartRadio, that can be Spotify, that can be Bullhorn. Also, the pod section of the Daily Smart we just mentioned. It can be on your iPhone. Podbeans is our platform where we spin it out into the world. Give us as many stars as you can. According to Jared, only vote for us once on these things. Le- yes, legally, only vote for us once. Okay, so all those things said, follow us. You can get with us on Facebook or Twitter. Go home, Heat One. We're talking AEW today, and what I thought, piggyback off of the paradigm shift from Mox. When he first came into the thing, he had the Paradigm Shift promo, and then he had the t-shirts, and he has the finisher. I felt like this week was a huge pivot for the company. It just, they've been hitting their stride in a way, I think they found, and I I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but I think they found a neat spot, which is somewhere in the middle of what NXT was doing when I really, really liked it, and what Impact does when I really like it. Strong agree. It's somewhere in the middle of that, and I feel like they've really hit that, and I, I, I'm highly impressed. I think I think that comes from a the wrestling being really good, and the the booking for like the titles and all that to be mm-hmm. pretty daggum good, while also letting people kind of be their own performers, because that's why I feel like the strength of Impact. Right, you can just go have any segment you want on an Impact. Right. Just do a weird weird segment where you sacrifice someone and summon your undead brother or something. You know what I mean? Like anything crazy or just like you pick a fight. So this is going to wind up being a weekly review rather than what we've been doing lately, which is picking out a topic and just talking about it. And you're exactly right. It's a pivotal week. It's a pivotal week. So let's dive into it a little bit more. Now we start with MJF and we'll, we'll go out of order here and there, but we start with MJF and the, being carried out. On the men's shoulders. I thought this promo was good. I felt like the Punk and Mox... The, well, we didn't know Mox was going to be involved first. The yes. Punk and Darby and Sting interaction and the way MJF belittled this whole scenario. It let us know we're not done with this program. This program is good enough that very rarely does a performer have an epic non-title program prior to winning a belt. Yeah. And MJF is suddenly with Punk in a position. Now, he had, you could say he had that with Cody. You could say he had that with Jericho to some degree, although to me it went on a little longer than Jericho. But I feel like this is that even better. Oh, yeah, I agree. And we're going to continue this as he challenges Punk to find anybody other than those two. You get a win, you can have a piece of me. What I think was was indicative about this segment was it wasn't just one feud. The the way this ended up being involving Mox, involving Darby, involving Sting and FTR, there's multiple stories being told. That is the key, and we talked about this on the WWE pod with Justin, and I, I want to get into it a little bit here. That is the key that we have found. One thing that AEW is doing very well is they're having multiple storylines, and there's an under, there's there's what this particular fight is about, there's what this particular program is about, and then there's how this fits into the bigger picture. And they've managed to do that. Like Mox is in this 
in this web. And suddenly, Daniel Bryan wants Mox to be involved with him. And as Daniel says later in the show, you know, Mox just likes to fight. And that's the that's the wheelhouse for that guy. To have him being like a one-man... It's like, oh, so smart. People have such strong characters that are consistent. Again, I think that's also a strength. Mox likes to fight. Right. He so, loves to fight. So when they say, when Punk says, hey, you want to go fight? He's like, yeah, I don't like those guys. I'll fight. Sure. So they have a match with FTR later in the show. Which we'll talk, we'll just way. talk about Damn. it now. It was fantastic. There aren't a lot of performers better in tag team wrestling than Dax and I think I think they're the best team in the world. I do. And I think they're better right now without the belts than they've ever been with them. I strongly agree. It's, it's amazing how good they're performing right now. And then you had two single stars, but especially in the case of Mox, he's been in a lot of tag scenarios, and he's good at it. Punk has been in less tag scenarios, but he's a great storyteller. Oh, he's fantastic. Putting them in a match here, this wasn't hard to figure that it would be great. I can't believe that was a free match I got to watch on television. Awesome. How cool, man. How cool. And Mox and Punk go over. I didn't even mind it. Like a lot of times when the tag team gets beat by the single stars, it bothers me. I didn't even mind it here the way it worked out. Yeah, the way the the finish ended up being, Mm -hmm. you know, somewhat their own fault. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. And then you wind up having MJF furious watching the television screen. And we still have Wardlow because during the promo segment you had... Him pick Sean Spears as the reason why all this mattered instead of Wardlow, who literally handed him the diamond ring to put away. Oh, yeah. Seeing Punk to allow him to beat Punk for a second time in Chicago, which I loved how he continued to harp on the fact that he beat him twice in Chicago the other night. It was just clutch. The, it was. The revisionist history is the most beautiful thing a heel can do. <laughs> Stronger right? than Right? And so that worked out really well. And you have all these storylines. And piggybacking on that, as Sting and Darby wind up going to the back, we have a segment in the show where Andrade rolls up and wants to deal with the kid and kid services. And Sting's like he's his own man. And Darby and him wind up back and forth. And that's when Andrade lets you know you're not the only one thinking about the TNT titles. Which we've had Andrade standing around, not doing a whole lot, doing a lot of talking, negotiating. Well, I, I say negotiating in like air quotes because, but, but it's fun. Yeah, absolutely, it's great. I, I've loved it. Teaming up with Matt Hardy, and he's—you can see the frustration that this group I'm with now. If I if I've created this super legion of doom or whatever, we should have a belt. And if you guys can't get one, I'll go get one. I think it's great, and it's it's. It makes you happy to think we get Andrade versus Sammy Guevara or Darby Allen. Darby, what money. I think Sammy and Darby's next. I hope so. Right? And so then, again, we have an undercurrent. We have a title. The two don't have to be together. Yeah, exactly. People are interacting outside of the specific feud they're in, which I think is really, really neat. Now let's I think t- it makes the world feel so much more lived in if it's not like <laughs> to pardon the uh, the Cody verse thing, but sometimes like it would just be at, those two guys would just be locked in with mm-hmm. Cody, you know what I mean? Agreed. They'd be in their own little pocket universe, mm-hmm. which I, I think I think there's a space for that, but I do think like having people just interact generally is really important. To our points about what matters, Cody verse, there's always a Cody storyline, and then there's whatever he's fighting about. Yes, yes. And now we've managed to do that with everybody. And it's great. Yeah, yeah. The Cody-verse example was not fair to Cody. We don't have to be fair to Cody. Probably not, but Cody's my favorite wrestler. He's my best friend. He's your best friend. He texted me the other day. There was he wanted me to watch the big show, the go home show. <laughs> no, the is that what they call it? The go home, the thing where they kick each other into dinglings uh-huh. and light each other on fire. Go big show. Okay, I'm sorry. He wanted me to watch that go home show. Yeah. Man, we're, we're really mixing our metaphors here. Me and the other five hundred thousand <laughs> people that are in his his group feed. 
But I think I was the one he was actually speaking to, which I, I'm happy about. We had debuts this week. We got the Keith Lee debut. Highly anticipated. And it was well done in some ways because it was on the heels of Jay White, who we have Rapungi Vice standing there and the, and the Young Bucks interrupt the interview. We get this little bit of a fisticuffs. We get Adam Cole for absolutely no reason because they have the numbers advantage going to the yam bags on the poor guy. It's like, come on, you can't just beat him up normally? Right. What Why a, the yam bag shot? What a jerk, bro. Yeah. I'm not healed enough by. by <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and so then to make things even more interesting, Jay White strolls up, who is one of our favorite wrestlers in the world. Also, you have a show that kind of could use another MJF level heel Ooh, in best the, in the world. And Jay White we thought years ago was the best heel in the world and here he gets to try to tell that tale on a excited bigger a uh, more uh US style stage as you said you're surprised how many people didn't know who he was. Yeah, I was kind of blown away, but I mean not everyone's watching New Japan all the time. Correct. Or well, a couple of years ago now he hasn't been on any like main New Japan stuff in a while. But he has been in Impact. Yes. And the program he's got an impact is working well. Now, all of a sudden, being in AEW, that's working. He's going to wind up. I hope he gets a world title shot. That's that's. I think my end goal is just because I think there's rich history between Hangman and Jay White. Right. I think you could easily call on that and then also have just match of the year. So I'm 100% certain that them having a title match, match of the year. Let's walk through that. White slams Trent, Trent into the truck that they're standing beside as they're doing the interview then he kind of walks. He says nice earrings to one of the to the Bucks, you know. And then backstage, there's this segment where you know you to Cole, you couldn't tell us that he was here. And and Cole replies to them, "Well, look, we did take a note. When you book club, you book club for life. If you can trust me, you can trust Jay. I brought him into that. I'm bringing him into this. But there's a lot of history, even beyond like the Bucks not really being part of Bullet Club anymore." Even Adam Cole not really being part of Bullet Club anymore. That and the history with Kenny with Jay. Like, the history with Jay and the people there is rich. And there's a lot you can do with it. Absolutely, because they even pointed out that Kenny had issues with with Jay. Yeah, Kenny tried to recruit Jay. Jay literally drops him on his head and says no. And then later joins Bullet Club as the leader, so, you know. Right, which, okay, so so then we wind up, we get, we're going to stay with this, because this slides into the world title picture, as Cole has told us he's in for bigger and better things, so we get this epic match between Hangman Page and Archer, which again, we're telling the story of the title, and so he's excited. in this thing with, with Jake's there, and Tool Time, American Top Team, what's his name? Tool Time! Yes. You don't think he's a tool? Dan Lambert, he is a tool. Okay, Dan Lambert. I think it's, I mean, it's his job to be a tool. I agree. And so they're involved in this, and it's crazy, and Hangman's taking on all these people at one time. To some degree, Hangman has buried his past once he gets past Omega, and then Daniel keeps calling back to his past, and their feud, now this is a feud that doesn't have anything to do with that. It's fresh. He goes through this crazy battle. He wins the war. I thought the match was fantastic. You? The, the, the end was excellent. I really thought it was so interesting when they took off the top rope to prevent his finisher. I was like, wow, that's... Smart. And then the rest of the match, the dynamic had to shift because of it. I was like, that's really cool. Right. It's not something you see very often, I guess. Right. And then he gets, as the ref bends down, he gets the opening to do his finisher. Which is so dope, by the way. Right. But not having the top rope allows him to clothesline the guy and go out of the ring with him. Through tables. Again, well done. Tables down there, well done. They fall through the table. I will say that's probably the best match-ending table bump I've ever seen Lance Archer take. I've seen him take... A strong handful. 
Mm-hmm. And like he always ends up like busted up. Partially due to Japanese tables being really hard to tough. Yeah, if you ever watched <laughs> Do you understand that if you ever watched their promotion at all? I think it was the juice match where he he like lands on a table really weirdly and he absolutely he just cut his like side up. It was awful. Hangman wins the match. He's a bloody mess. It was fantastic this death match we we've observed. I think it's it's established him. Cole strolls strolls out and he can never really get away from his past, can he? Because Cole was the man who recruited him to Bullet Club to begin it's with. It's like, yeah, now you're going to be bringing that up. And it's like, and we that's, have, so, that's so good. It's compelling. And we have this reduced hangman from the battle he's been through. So this is a perfect time for Cole to jump him and kick him in the head. This is a perfect time for Cole to beat him up like he does everybody before he gets into a feud with him. He hit poor Trent in the ambags earlier. Right, for no reason. He had the advantage and he still hit him in the ambags. Here he pats the belt and walks away. That that's a strong statement. It's it's a sign of respect, but it's also a belittlement. It is. Because I don't have to take you out. I'll do it on my own time. Yeah. Right? That's, that's good, man. And, and it, it pulls up. What do we have in the periphery? Jay White. Jay White. And then Jay White helps as we move to the next show. We have a we have a matchup where Jay White winds up. Helping out as we get the opening of that Rapungi Vice versus Young Bucks match, which again is fantastic. All of the wrestling was great, which is Super the undercurrent of why this week is so good. Because we introduce these people, we introduce Jay White, and then we bring Keith Lee out and we showcase him because we thought, okay, if you're watching, you yeah. thought you got your you're like there. Oh, there's the debut, door, right? There's the debut, but no, Keith Lee was the real big guy that comes in. Keith, congratulations on getting married, Lee, and he comes out and he just. Looks beautiful wrestling Cassidy. Shout out to Isaiah Cassidy, by the way. Sold like a champ. Like a champ. They put a variant on Keith Lee's finisher, which makes him look even more Grey Hulkish. Yes. And it was beautiful. The whole thing was perfectly done. We have this massive figure now. I can't help but think when he wrestles Hobbs how good that's going to be because they're so strong. Beefy matchups. And, you know, Archer's a bigger guy. He can do some of these things with him. too. I love it. I love it. And Keith Lee in any of these scenarios works, but that wasn't the point of the show. It didn't take a, you, you put it in the middle. You, you had a little bit of a debut before the tease, but also the main event got to be the main event. Yes. Hangman is the what's important. Yes. I do also want to highlight in the Keith Lee match, Isaiah Cassidy, really great, but also we had the Matt Hardy story that Absolutely. they told in the middle of it. Again, smart booking. Everything seemed to have a strong purpose and have multiple layers to it. Even if it's the people outside of the ring. Yes. Right. That's all I want. Right. And so the Bucks wind up having this match on the opening of Rampage, and and they wind up going over, and then there's a beatdown afterwards as as Orange Cassidy gets involved with... Dan Housen? No. Well, Dan Housen was during the match. Brandon Cutler. And then you have Jay White winds up coming out and taking out Trent after the fisticuffs. So then he's going to wind up. We get, we get Jay White and Trent on TV. And having a guy like Trent that can put over, you can get a banger here and doesn't hurt Trent to lose and elevates Jay in the eyes of people who've never seen him before because they'll understand what he's about because he's you get a seven-minute match or a 12-minute match and not a walkthrough because you don't have anybody to help him. We've made the show so much better here. Now, we're going to dive into the women's division just a little bit. Which I have been, I was impressed with this, this past week. I think the, the steady growth of the women's division has really come to fruition, I guess would be the word. Right. But with the Deeb not having anything to do with the title, not having anything to do with that, having her own 
just egotistic five-minute challenge mm-hmm. is so good. It's really entertaining. The way she, she's super good. She's super mean. It gets all that dark talent, a little bit of time on the big show to give people something to aspire to. It, like you said, it, it, it she can build up wins as she rebuilds herself towards... When she a, will want a title, a title shot against whenever one of these two belts is held by fate. Cargill has a match with AQA, and I thought I was impressed with with both of them. Cargill is getting better and better and better. It's it's been steady progress. I it, like you could see Bryce Remsburg like telling her spots during the match, mm-hmm. but a lot of the actual moves looked better. The transitions looked a little faster, and she like popped out a tour of the islands. Which is so dope, by the way. Absolutely. Shout out to Jeff Cobb. That guy's finisher rules. Right. And then we move on, because we did get a title match, as Britt wrestles another upstart in Robin Renegade. Now, the interesting thing here is we're getting to another Britt versus Thunder Rosa match, but inside of that program, you have... You have the, the Jamie Hayter, the Mercedes Martinez, and the Thunder Rosa. All those elements are prevalent in the post-match segment. Right. So you get, uh, I thought Robin Renegade looked fantastic in yeah. a match with a champion. I thought Britt looked way better, too. Britt was able to take an upstart and have a very good match with her in a primetime slot. That's incredible. Post-match, she goes for the, the lockjaw, the lock and we get the rundown for Rosa. Rosa's beating her up. Hater comes down, beats her up. Mercedes, I guess, strolls down and pulls her off. And then we get this really neat thing where Brit's like, y'all don't fight, and winds up putting her arm around both of them, kiss them on the head, and it's like they're vying for Brit's affection somehow. It, there's, there's levels to it, because Mercedes really has a problem with Thunder Rosa, but she also seems to have a problem with Hater. Mm-hmm. And that, like, ugh, there's a lot going on. And, and Jamie Hater's got her own problems with both Brit. She kind of has the, the the Wardlow thing going on where it's like, man, it is Wardlow. At, at some point, at some point, she's probably going to get fed up, huh? Oh, of course, and that's going to be great. But, and Mercedes but, can slide into that slot of the Enforcer. It's, 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 it's there's multiple layers, there's multiple stories, and the matches are also consistently getting better. And the division looks great. And how smart does Britt look if she has the replacement ready for when? You know what I mean? I knew you were going to leave eventually anyway. There's right? blood in the water. You right. know what I mean? Right. Why not go ahead and hire your replacement now? Maybe you can train your replacement. <laughs> God. You know? That would be just like a, an employer, huh? That would. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Further into this, we get the hook sighting. Hook rules. I though, thought Rampage right? was as good. Uh, Dynamite was as good as it could be. Yeah, I strongly agree. And I loved it. And then this Rampage episode, the hook sighting, where he comes out and wrestles Blake Lee, and he showcases what a fantastic performer he Dude. is going to be. Is currently really maybe one, maybe even his best performance because I, he got think, to do a little more. I agree. I I do legit think it was his best performance. And he was because he just there was more back. Yeah, absolutely. There was more back and forth, and he really busted out some stuff I've never seen. Right. Wow. Right. And I so popped when Taz said he's really been training since a young age, and he had he done he did the little quick flip on the hip toss and landed it, and then he did a couple other really quick moves. Yeah. And Jericho said back, "Who who who did he train with? (laughs) Because you weren't doing all the jumping around, Taz." I made a joke where I was like, "That's that Taz always did that flip." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I actually don't recall seeing because there wasn't there wasn't much. He didn't get much air on it. 
was really neat the way yeah, he managed it, to land it. It was thing. really tight and kind of like sideways, if that makes sense, the way he did it. I've never really seen anyone do that. Yeah, it was very good. Even very good. like Lucha guys, I'm, not, I'm like maybe, but I don't think so. Not you know? that they couldn't. They just didn't oh, think of it or whatever. Absolutely. Right. Now, Jungle Express winds up having a title match with Gun Club. Which was also really good. Dressed in fantastic Shawn Michaels attire. Cosplay, really. Yes. Yes. And then they wound up giving us... That style, of, that level of performance. No, well, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. It was. Good it was a very entertaining match. I, I think the Gun Club they have a kind of the, the goofiness that Shawn Michaels can sometimes bring, if that makes sense. Right. A li- just just a tinge of it. You know what I mean? Right. Where they'll 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 sell, they'll like jump and like run into something. It's, right. It makes it look better though. Well, and really more Shawn, really less Shawn, more like their dad. Yes. Yeah. They're more athletic than their dad, or maybe not more athletic than their dad, say, but... They, I've seen way more Shawn Michaels matches than I have seen Billy Gunn matches. <laughs> right. But Billy was a bigger guy, but because of that in the companies he wrestled in, he did it, He wasn't asked to do a lot of leaping around, a lot of things like that, but he did have to sell. And that was the era of if you get stunned by Stone Cold, you figure out a way to bounce over the top rope. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you fling yourself. Right. They would, they, you know, they totally, you've heard the story of how the rock bottom actually happened, right? Uh, didn't he, like, slip or something? Dude, he was trying to pop Triple H. Triple H at a house show or whatever. He was doing it, I, I want, if I, if I have this right, he was doing it at house shows, and they dared him to do it on TV. Really? Right? And he was trying to pop Triple H by making him lay there. Looking like an idiot for, like, uh, As long 10. as possible. <laughs> right? And the crowd ate it up so much, eventually it becomes my move. And, it, you know, of course, he never finishes anybody with it. But, you know, it was it was cool. It's you know? a it's signature iconic move. And then, move. like Hunter would say, it was you just lay in there waiting on him. You're like, really, dude? No, the, pe- really? the people's elbow, by the way, not rock pe- bottom. Right, the people's elbow. I'm so sorry. And it's so funny that, like Hunter said, it's the worst move. It doesn't hurt. And there's no visual way when you look at it for it to hurt. And it's like you just lay in there and you're like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. But it works because wrestling allows for this fun stuff. Because the rock just oozes oh, dude. out of every pore of charisma. He Except does. for all of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, going back to this, though, and how the paradigm shift is, I feel like they have completely hit their stride on what they're trying to do. I feel like they've, they're writing storylines Everybody has a story. And that is what you get. It also New Japan, when you have faction warfare, you're able to have us versus them and then turmoil inside of groups like every workplace. And you can understand workplace turmoil because most of us have worked. Or you've been on a ball team. If you're a kid, you've been on a ball team. You've had issues where you wanted to start and he's starting. Everybody gets jealousy. Everybody gets I want to. Why don't I get to have my time in the spotlight a little bit? Everybody, not everybody's been MJF, but everybody's been Wardlow. Yes, wanting to feeling like they deserve. Not everybody's been Wardlow, as in his size and strength and big as hell. Yeah, right, right, right. But everybody's had that moment where why don't I get to shine at some point? And so you can tell those stories underneath, and it's I, I love what's going on right now. It's great, and it's like the current. Those episodes were bangers. Right, but the future, like I, I was talking to you about next week, those matches are incredible. Here's what you've told me, not on, not on air. The Gun Club, they were a little rough early on. They're starting to really hit the stride. Yes, they're really entertaining. What we just said, Jade Cargill, she's getting better. Britt, it's steady progress. Britt Baker was very dependent on who she was wrestling. Yes. And all of a sudden, we see her with a rookie, and she's telling the story with a rookie. How great. All these guys that are working and working and working, they're getting better and better. And what I was talking about with with Justin on the other show is 
walking around backstage, you have this incredible wealth of knowledge. It's crazy. The dudes, Daniel they just have like Brian, Daniel Bryan. People that don't know, Serena Deeb was a trainer. She taught a lot of the talent that you know is great in the other company. Now she's a professor. You have Punk, one of the better minds in wrestling history. Ever. Mox. Been there, done that, told stories. Everywhere. Told stories in high school gyms and told stories in stadiums. Told stories in Japan. Told stories, you know. Jericho, Jericho literally has been telling stories for 35 years, and they've all been very good. It's a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, oh, let's get into that. We've been waiting for Sammy and Pride and Powerful to leave Inner Circle yes. since they got together. <laughs> well, we're we're big Pride and Powerful guys. You know what I mean? We th- that, dude, that dude's always constantly. Those dudes are always constantly like top three teams in the world. Right? They're so good. Right, they just haven't had the opportunity to do that. And here we're getting to tell the story because Eddie pointed it out to them. And their promos were killer this week. Absolutely. Santana's a phenomenal talker. I can't believe that dude doesn't have a mic constantly. Right. Ortiz sounded legit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And we can feel how how important they can be to the company once they get free. And it's not that they were. And Jericho's points: I brought you in. I've made you more money than you've ever made. I put you. You've been. You've main evented constantly, even without titles. And you, by the way, lost your title matches. I didn't lose your title matches. Yet I kept you in main event. There's legitimacy and revisionist history in that. And that's the key to everything, right? Is be able to take facts and turn them. Which I think is also makes Jericho more interesting in this situation because he's kind of right. He's kind of wrong. But he, it, it comes from a place of, like, he doesn't necessarily, he he likes these guys. He but does. But it, it may be an unintentional holding them down. Also, you know what I mean? Also, a little bit of that, and I don't know if they'll, if they'll capitalize on this, because I don't know where they're going with Jericho's character. But there is a little bit of, I'm the most important thing. Yeah. Not even a little bit of it. That's the uh, yeah. That's the the undercurrent is I'm the most relevant person, and you are relevant because of my relevancy. Right. That's the understated thing, and that's what Santana couldn't believe because he was hearing that claim playing his day. Well, I don't even know if Jericho was hearing it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and when he took off the glasses, he was able to look at the audience through the camera. He kept looking and, at the camera and, and he, letting he you know like, this guy's so full of shit. so. Full of himself. You see what I've been dealing with all this time. Because this guy could never kick my ass. I've been beating guys up tougher than this guy since I came out of where I grew up. And here he is telling me the only reason why I matter is because of him. Every company in the world wanted me. I came here because I could make money here. You didn't do that for me. And that's the beauty of it. And then Sammy... Kind of throw, I, I kind of was eye roll there with uh, with yes, all of that. I thought Sammy was the weak part of that segment, but promos have never really been Sammy's thing. Well, into if he's gonna say I'm out, I can't handle this shit. Say I'm out, I can't handle this shit. That's yeah, perfectly fine. Don't say I'm out, I can't handle this shit unless you guys get back together. In which case, I'm cool. I'll come right back. Y- you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a soft way to do it. When he honestly probably should have just bounced. Why not? You're I, the champ. You're the only one here with gold. I feel like that I feel like it should have been like a legit enough reason where it's like, dog, I, I'm done. I'm done. I you like you. I, mean? I like you. I don't think this is Mom-mo. something that can be fixed. 
You right. know what I mean? I think this 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 scar runs too deep. Where I just got it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a little weak. But everything else was good because of how well Santana played off of all of this. And Jericho playing off of his demo god, now he's the influencer. Oh, I'm, the, I'm the influencer rolled here. rolled my eyes so hard. But that's right. I feel like that's almost the point with Jericho sometimes, where it's like, of course. Of course, he's the influencer now. Right, he read that word when he was looking up what's cool. He's <laughs> like, what words are relevant? Influencer, that's me. Yes, I influence. Right, but <laughs> like you said, though, that's who he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be absolutely full of himself. Why wouldn't he be? He's been full of himself since he was a lion tamer, <laughs> lion hearted. Chris Jericho yes, was yes. a lion tamer, you know, and that's always been who he is. Not to mention, even off camera, that's how he got there. You know, Bischoff's like, I got nothing for you. He's like, Well, then, you know, just let me go out there and talk till the commercial starts one time. Okay, I'll just figure out a way to be on TV every minute. And made a career out of that. And the next thing you know, one minute was four. And then four minutes was 12. And then next thing you know, he's in WWE and he's standing across from The Rock. He gets a crazy debut. Correct. Against The Rock. Right. All because no matter what, he believed he was a star. And he went out there and proved it. And it's worked. I got a lot of respect for Jericho. You know what I mean? As much as I can roll my eyes at him and get frustrated with him. Like I told somebody the other day, I read three of his books. So I don't, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to find one on the shelf. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. The best in the world. Yeah, it's right sure, over there. <laughs> sure, there's one over here, too, and there's one over there, you know. Okay, so for me, KP, for my man Jared, I can't wait Amazing. for this week to start. The matchups next week are great. It's like we're getting pay-per-view quality That's how I felt weeks. about Dynamite. I, I, oh, man. You know, it's just... I let, love wrestling. Let's roll. I just love wrestling. When it's done correctly and it feels rich, I love it. That's what Daniel Bryan said. I feel like if you give people good wrestling, they're going to watch. Worked for me. And it'll build and it'll grow. We just got to keep doing it over and over and over. So for my, my man, Jared, for me, KP, this has been a Go Home Heat production. Again, check out our friends at Daily Smart. Check out our friends at the Gin Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. And go home. Copyright 2022. I got it right that time. (laughs) 